into this into this session father holy spirit just interpret this word so people understand what you want them to understand god father just do what you do father show them comfort correction conviction restoration and this discipleship father we thank you father that you have allowed us to freely without any type of restriction be able to open your word speak about your word in the way that needs to be done so that we can get your message the way you want to deliver it to us thank you holy spirit for you being a part of this message helping us guiding us lead us and direct us in your ways and in your word according to your translation and your interpretation into our hearts only way this can be done is by having that Holy Spirit talk to us. The lifeblood of Christianity, the beginning of the church, the supernatural movement of the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I ask you for everyone who watches and listens to this message about to happen, for them to get what you want them to have out of it. And bless their homes, bless their lives, bless their jobs, bless their coming and going here there and fro near and fro bless them father bless their finances bless their homes bless their lives bless their health bless all of them the way you bless them and in their situations and how they're living their lives father for you to do what you do for them i thank you father i ask you to lead guide and direct me as i bring this message according to how you want me to bring it i have nothing you have it all I'm just the vessel. In Jesus' mighty name. Good day, everybody. Good day. Good day. I hope everyone's having a fantastic day today. In Jesus, by way of the Holy Spirit. Well, let me catch you in the morning time when you're waking up, just having some breakfast, stretching out, getting ready for work, activities, or errands. Or catch you halfway through your day. When you're getting through some stuff, may have been through a couple trials, a couple things happened to you in your, in your day, but overall you're seeing God do some miraculous things with you. Some wonderful things with you. That goes that thing called Midnight Madness. Or, 
We'll catch you at the end of your day when you're relaxed, have some dinner, spend time with your family, friends, loved ones, those you live with, and you just want a really spirited, motivating, inspirational message led by that Holy Spirit. However, whenever, whenever, throughout the world, however we're catching you right now, you're now tuned into the Blue Book, presented to you by Pentecost Ministries, and hosted by your Blue Book, and co-hosted by Tom. Tom's going to be here. Tom is going to be here. Yes, he is going to be here very shortly. And man, I tell you right now, I know it's a little late, um, half an hour, I need a little bit more time to prepare, I was watching some stuff, spending time with the fam, uh, family first, always. Um, but always time for Blue Book. It's been a few days. Um, had some time to kind of relax, get my mind together. Um, but this word today, this message today, is going to be phenomenal. And I like the dynamic between me and Paul, me and uh, me and Tom. Me and Tom have a very good dynamic. You're going to hear a spiritual side of it, and then you're going to hear Tom's side of it, which is logical reason. And we'll, we'll we'll bounce back and forth. The blue and Tom always does that. So you're gonna have a really good really good time right now. Okay. Anyhow, we want we gotta pray for Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods was involved in a really bad accident. Um, he's in serious condition. I don't know much more than that. I just know that it was really bad. Um, but we here at the Blue Book have no respect to person. He's a human being just like anyone else, and he has errors like anyone else. He's just a celebrity, so it's elevated. Father, we ask you right now to heal Tiger Woods. He is a, he's your child. He's a child of God. I don't know his faith. I don't know what he believes, but he is born of God. He is on earth, and that's God. So, we ask for prayer, healing, sanity. We value life. Life liberty and the pursuit of happiness okay so everyone pray for tiger woods and before we go any further we also say our pledge which if you watch the blue book seen the blue book you know that we do a pledge and that is i pledge allegiance to the christian flag right now and the savior from whom kingdom it stands one savior crucified risen and coming again with life liberty all those who believe all right got that out of the way so there's no further ado but to bring in the man the myth the legend twisted tom hey tom okay i'm not getting volume from tom for some reason why did i get into it volume from tom let me try this one more time cut him out cut him back in okay I'm not getting volume from Tom for some reason. I don't know why. Let's see here. Okay. He may have to log back, log out, log back in, Tom. I'm not getting volume. I'm not hearing you. Okay, Tom is going to be leaving for a second, and he'll come back. So, today's message. It's very important because it's something we all hope to do. We all hope to do. Let's see. We're going to bring Tom back now. Okay. We don't got no volume. Why? Let's see here. I got volume on that part. 
Well, no, I got lamb on that. Let's see. That's good. Okay. Nope, no, no volume still. Get this. Okay. Let's see. Why don't I got volume on Tom? Seeing volume. Hmm. Why don't I get volume? And nothing on him. Let's see. Can you hear me, Tom? Can you hear me? Okay. Can you hear me? Okay, so Tom. He's hearing me, but he, I can't hear him for some unknown reason. He's not on my monitors. Alright, log back out and log back in again to see if that does anything. Okay. So, if you take your Bibles, let's open them up. Okay. We're going to open them up and we're going to be in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. Four seven. Okay. Second Timothy. Four seven. Okay. Let's see what we got going on here. Okay, Tom may come back yet, so we'll wait. We'll we'll get going. Okay. So. Same with Timothy. Four seven. What does this mean? As Paul looked toward his coming death, he also looked back and gave three positive statements about his ministry. Okay? So Paul looked toward his death. Moving forward. He also looked back and gave three positive statements about his ministry. The first one, he declared confidence in his own efforts to sake for the sake of Christ he declared his confidence in his own own efforts for the sake of Christ in 1 Timothy 6:12 Paul had commanded Timothy to likewise fight the good fight of faith okay all right let's see we have, we have volume on time now Why do I have? Let's see. Hmm. Maybe your volume's not high enough. Maybe your volume needs to go up. sound from the board. That is really weird. I'm looking into this right now trying to figure out why I don't got sound for you. Okay, maybe I gotta go through this. Well, it shouldn't. 
Okay. Let's see. There you go. Okay, I got, I'm getting you now. I don't know why this is weird. This is why am I I'm having some problems with you. Yeah, yeah, I'm noticing that. Okay. Right. Okay, you're you're now. Okay, let me I'm gonna try something real fast. Okay. Okay, now I got you. I got you coming in hot now. Okay. All right. So I got okay, you. Okay, we good. Check one, check. You can hear me. Yeah, I'm gonna. I gotta bring you down a little bit. But I gotta go back okay. to. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, now I got okay. you. We're good. We're here. Okay, now we're Technical good. <laughs> right. All right. Now let's get back into this. Okay. So, right. as I was saying. Paul looked toward his coming death and looked back at the three positive statements in his ministry. The first one, he declared his confidence in his efforts to set Christ. So he had confidence in his own efforts in the sake of Christ. In 1 Timothy 6.12, Paul had commanded Timothy to likewise fight the good fight of faith. Okay, which we all know that is, that is, a, that is a very tough fight. Okay. The fight of faith is the fight of not seeing before seeing. It's the faith aspect of this. Okay, we go back down the road again because it's such a hard road to, that, to understand. Is that 99% of belief in God is trusting Him through any situation you go through. Okay, it's the unknowing of a situation's completion and having faith that he's going to get you through it rather than you getting you through it. Okay, too many people rely on themselves to get themselves through it. Not enough people go to God and are like, I'm going to believe in you that you're going to get me through these situations. I don't see how you're going to do it. But I'm going to believe in you to get me through it. And then on the other side of that mountain, once I get to the other side, then it will be revealed to me how you work that out. But the belief in him that he's going to get you over that mountain is the toughest part. Believing in God is just giving him that, that, that conductor type position in your life. But, that's what I say, faith can move mountains. Because it's not necessarily the mountain you see in the outskirts of town. It's the mountains in your life. It's a metaphor for mountains in your life. The hurdles you have to get through in life. Whether it's pain, anxiety, stress, family, work. These mountains in your life. Hurdles. And with a little bit of faith in God... You have a better chance of de-stressing, putting faith in Him, and letting Him work it out, 
and seeing how he did it after it's over with. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Does that make sense? Maybe you could expound differently on that. Um, you know what? Yeah, it does. Uh, for a lot of people, uh, it's the fear of the unknown. The fear of, like you were saying, how you get to the other side of the mountain. People want to know how God is going to get them there. They don't want to wait until after the fact. And the reason is a lot of people are afraid of that unknown. They're afraid of just, you know, putting something out there. And often, most of the times, a lot of people are expecting quick results when it just doesn't work that way. Most people, you know, that do pray to God or ask God for something will say, you know, God, can you help me with so-and-so and so-and-so and if it doesn't happen immediately they think well what was the point of praying it's not going to help me god's not gonna you know come down and do this and do that but the whole point to what blue was saying is that you just have to put that trust in god and take that leap of faith there's gonna be unknowns logically you want to know how you're going to get from point A to point B, but like Dan said, you've got to let God be that conductor and, you know, pray to him every day and let him take you where he's going to take you. Yep. And then you'll most likely see how he did that. That's right. After... I'm down to most people wanting it now, now, now. They want miracles to happen immediately oh how am i gonna you know get my mortgage this month they want god to make that money appear in the bank account or whatever the case may be it doesn't work like that you have to humble yourself and then you have to allow that faith to guide you if you're religious and you're looking to god like blue said you have to let god take the wheel and guide you and just know that it's not going to happen right away no one even anything you do in life results aren't going to be instant that's right if it's something that you want to do it's going to take time whether you're pranking to god or you're getting a loan from a bank it's going to be the same thing so everything in this ties to patience as well absolutely absolutely because if you're a true believer in God and you have, you know, you're true in your faith and spirituality, then you have an obligation to give God your time and show him that you have the patience to wait for whatever blessing he's going to provide you. So just take it slow day by day and just have patience, whether you believe in God to guide you or not you just gotta sit take it back, breathe go day by day and just be patient with it Absolutely. And if God doesn't work it out you'll find a way to work it out because you'll be looking at your situation from a more calm, refreshed stance well you gotta understand too if God doesn't work it out or it appears that God's not working it out is it really God not working it out or is it him letting something not happen to let something happen later on? Right. 
So we have to understand right. the dynamics. Well, the door, the dynamics. Closes, another door opens. There's a mysterious ways. Right, there's a dynamic, a mechanic in God that although you may not, it may not turn out the way you want it to turn out, that's why you give it to God. Because you know that you yourself cannot do this. Whether you have high anxiety, high stress, high depression, um, or whatever the case may be, you're knowing that this is something you cannot on by yourself do. So, if you are giving it to God and saying, "God, you take this. I'm not going to get involved. I just take it. I, I don't. I, you got to do it." You're essentially even forfeiting the outcome. You're forfeiting the outcome in which God has now control of. Now, do you wish it would turn out a certain way? Well, obviously you do. You, you want it to work in some way in your favor, according to your understanding. But in the end of the day, you're forfeiting a piece of that want to him in order to get a result that you know is going to be better for you and he knows it's better for you anyway. So whatever the result's going to be is going to benefit you however it turns out. It just... Are you willing to take the unselfish hit for immediate results for the selfless result at the end? Right. And you, are you, you willing to wait for those right, results? Right. Exactly. So, moving on. Second, Paul stated that he has completed the mission he was given by God. He completed it. Elsewhere, Paul spoke of Christian faith as a race, saying... Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. 1 Corinthians 9.24 Okay, so again, we're going back down this road again about race. Now, don't get this twisted. He's talking about racing as in com competitive racing. Okay. Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one receives a prize? So run that you may obtain it. Now, what what does that mean? Some people can say that means that, you know, the Christian faith is a competition. Because it sounds like he's using an analogy of competition. What the thing is, is that there are so many people who want to be on that racetrack there is something that intrigues them whether it's the racetrack itself whether it's the ambiance around it whether it's wearing the jersey and the clothes whatever it is something appeals to that, that person to get on that racetrack which we're gonna we're gonna for a second argument call it the christian race okay so you get on the racetrack because of whatever attracted you now you're starting to go and move and the race is on and you're running okay and you're going to deal with a hurdle and you're going to deal with maybe a hole in the, in the path you're going to deal with some debris on the path and so forth some most people are going to want to get off the path or sway away from the path because they don't want to go through those things they don't want to step or try to step around the the, the puddle or the hole in the ground or they don't want to run over the debris or they don't want to deal with the hurdle so people are going to fall off. Does that mean you're falling off the race? Not necessarily. That can mean you're just taking a side path for right now to go back on the path later. 
thing is, is that the main thing is to stay the course. Stay the course. No matter which way you turn and how you move around, stay the course. Make sense? It does. And on and on another thing, adding to that point about the race, what I believe what it means if you're going to look at it from a societal point of view and a logical point of view, just look at it like this. It's a race and everyone wants to obtain the same prize. Yes, only one person gets a prize, but it's encouraging you to run like you mean it, to run like you want to win it. It's giving, God gives everyone the fair chance to run and compete, but you have to have the desire and the drive and the want to do it, which is, I believe, what he's saying is run like you wish to obtain it. So, you know, everybody has the same opportunity to run the same race to go for it. Like Blue said, doesn't matter which path you take, curve left, curve right, if you stay the course and stay on it, and you're dedicated, you're going to reach your goal eventually. And God gives you the opportunity, everyone the opportunity to reach a goal that they want to reach. See, this is, this is another mistake that people make in this analogy. As you're speaking, I'm, I'm listening to you and something hit me. The race, although we're all on it, is individual. Okay? You either going to win because you're going to stay faithful on the path, go through your hurdles, have faith in God, or you're going to fall off the path. Now, I'm going to tell you something that's really interesting. Okay? I've been watching some videos, learning some stuff, and a perspective hit me that I thought was, was really interesting. You must understand that hell, the ideal of hell, the ideal of eternal to torment and damnation, is for the wicked of the wicked. Okay? Those who completely turn away from God, completely rejected the concept of salvation, completely got... Does, does not want nothing to do with supernatural belief or, 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 or so forth okay and are happy in their, in their hell okay there's not hell is not going to be what people are theologically thinking it's going to be okay there is a narcissistic egomaniacal method to hell people in hell the, the, the new testament version of hell not the old testament because the old testament people were going to hell just for, for sinning because the remission of sin was so hard to get okay until jesus came to this earth people were dropping like flies they had to go to the holy holy they had to get religious they had to get really religious to go to heaven because there was a very tight hard tight way to get into heaven and not everyone was willing to do that that's why in some of the messages i tell you you know that that shameful um that shameful sacrifice People are having a very hard time getting to heaven. But now that Jesus has done what he done 2020 years, 21 years ago, okay, it's not hard to get to heaven. It just takes a, a meaningful prayer and a life of faith. You gotta believe that miracles can happen to get to heaven. I mean, it's not gonna, you're not gonna, you, what people don't understand is that people in hell that go to hell now, 
have no repentance. They have no, you know, um, they want to be there. They have denied God on such a level that they don't even realize they're in hell because they're so egomaniacal and egotistical. You see what I'm saying? I do, and and, and again, the race ties into all of this with the concept of hell because hell is for those who don't keep their faith, stray away from God, stray away from you know the pack and everything. And again, with the whole race and everything, you're not going against other people. God is not pitting us against one another. No. What you're racing against. Is yourself to make yourself better. You're not racing against someone else on that track. Right. You're racing against yourself. You, your worst. You are your worst enemy. Yourself. You are your worst enemy. Yeah. There's nobody on earth that could be more yeah. against you than you. People, you have to. People, you have to understand this. You have to get this in your head. You are your worst enemy. You have to. Although it's a race, it's a single person salvation race. You are responsible for your own salvation. Yep. Okay. No one's gonna be there to answer for your life, but you. Okay. Right. So if you're thinking, oh, whatever, well, you know, if you don't receive God, you're all gonna well, you have to, you have to understand that the God knows your heart. Okay, God knows what's in your heart. He knows what you love and what you believe and what you don't believe. He knows this already. So you have to get that right with you and Him. It got nothing to do with me. The only, the only, the only objective I have in your life is one: help in your restoration. Because your conviction leads to your restoration. When you realize that God is there for you and you've made some things, some decisions that may not be so favorable and you went against God and you realize that, that's when that conviction hits. And you realize, you know what? I haven't done the right thing. You're absolutely right. I've made some mistakes in my life. And I'm tired of trusting me because I fail me all the time. And then that's when you can get that prayer in there. You can ask God to come into your heart and then you are in the process of restoration throughout the rest of your life. Because just because you're saved doesn't mean you don't sin. Biblically, you have to understand that Jesus knows you're always going to sin. That's why the walk is narrow. But it's not impossible. Because you have the process of salvation. But if you think because you denounce God once or twice you're going to hell, it's not, it's not true. Hell is for those who want to be there. You're not going to have someone there that made one mistake and going to hell. It just simply isn't going to happen. God knows your heart. He knows where your heart's at. Now, do you know who's going to go to hell and who's not going to go to hell? No. You don't know that. No one knows the destination of people but God. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. No one knows the destination. Charge of your own. You're in charge of your own path. Right. All right. Moving on. Jesus, I can get all, get all over this one. 
In Hebrews 12.1, the author has noted, let us run with abundance, or no, sorry, let us run with endurance that the race that is set before us. Okay, so here we go with endurance now. This is this this falls into consistency. Consistency in anything you do is a complicated matter because it requires a commitment. It requires a commitment to be consistent. Okay? One sin you can get you get victories over sin all day. If you're walking the walk, you're going to get victories in sin all day. Because you're not going to be able to go a day without sinning. There is a separation measure right here that's going to happen regardless because you live on this earth and you're, you're wrapped in flesh. Get what I'm saying? Yeah. You're going to always have a slight bit of separation from God because you're not in heaven yet. When you're in heaven, it's like this. When you're not in heaven, you're dealing with that sinful separation. The more you... The, the more you sin, knowingly, this is what happens. And that voice of God gets further and further away. And by the time you're right here, what happens? Oh my God. I need you, God. I'm so far. That's why God says he's married to a backslider. Because you've been this far. Then you get your rest. Then you get your, you know, your, your rededication. And you go, whoop. This is why it's called a practice. Christianity is a practice. Because you'll never master it. His understanding is not your understanding. It's a practice. It's like a spring. Some people can keep it right here for a little while. Most of the time it's like this. Because you're always, sin will always be there. You cannot perfect it. It's impossible. You, you're you're going to sin. Okay? But, do, but are we going to go and say, we're going to, you know, not finish the race? Not keep on the course? endurance consistency praying god please help me through this god please let me get the strength to go this people are like oh well the though i walk through the valley of shadow with death bro you're walking through the valley of the shadow you're not even walking through death bro you're walking through a shadow calm down people are more worried about the shadow than they're worried about the substance Like a chihuahua that barks and all of a sudden the back of the, the back of the wall is freaking a big old dog and it's, it really boils down to a little chihuahua. People are more worried about perception than they are about reality. Make sense? It does. People... That also falls into the fact to where people get sidetracked this way because they're worried about how others perceive them not just how God perceives them or how uh, you know person of religious authority like a pastor, a preacher whatever perceives perceives a person it, it all comes down to how you perceive yourself, how you perceive your relationship with God 
and how you perceive your relationship with everything else around you. It all comes down to your interpretation and your perception of the situation that you're in and how you perceive the way God is going to help you or God is going to handle it. Again, taking a leap of faith and letting God make that call for you right. is what we're saying. Right. But don't let your perception be crowded by a lot of other outside influences or influences that could you know stray you off your spiritual path or stray you away from God or your faith whatever it may be truth 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 okay so thirdly Paul writes that he has specifically held to the truth okay truth is definite Facts, facts are opinions about a situation you've seen. Truth is undeniable. People are like, what's the difference between truth and facts? Facts are your perception of what actually happened. Truth is what really went down. Because everyone has a perception of what happens. Okay, Paul did not keep some and, and ambiguous faith in God, but the faith, a specific belief in Jesus as the resurrected Messiah. Paul truly believed and had the faith in Jesus that he is the Messiah, the Savior. The New Testament often spoke of belief in Jesus as the faith, as in Acts 6, 7, 13, 8, 14, 22, and 16, 5. Acts is a big book when it comes to Jesus. Lots of good stuff, especially in the Holy Ghost. The faith. Jesus the faith. Okay? That's a very important thing to, to really focus on. Is the faith. To believe in Jesus requires a certain amount of unseen, blinded, selflessness controlled faith. This is what happens when you have faith in Jesus. So what comes in front of you? Get me through it. Get me through it. That's what it is. Put a blindfold on one day. Just put a blindfold on one for 24 hours. Put a blindfold on. And go about your business. And see how much true faith you really have in people. Or how much true faith you really have in God to get you through it. I guarantee you <laughs> guarantee you some point during that time when you're blindfolded like this like this some point during that time you're going to be saying God help me <laughs> God help me because that's the only thing you're going to have you ain't going to have the, the reliance of family friends are you gonna really trust them of course not human error which if I if I pop up and I grab your arms I'm here to help you of course you're gonna trust me I'm your boy I'm your brother I'm your friend I got love for you of course you're gonna trust me right but in the end you are going to go to God 
because he is the only one that's going to be there for you when you're blinded. No eyes. Guarantee you, 99.9% .9 of people out there, you blindfold yourself for 24 hours and go about your business and tell me if you don't call on God at least one time. God, help me, please. God, please help me. Oh, you get G.O.D. real quick. You get G. You get the G God be the cracking real quick. Because you realize he's the only thing that's going to save your bacon. Yeah. Okay, so... Paul commanded the Corinthians, Paul commanded the Corinthians Christians to stand firm in their faith, 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Something he practiced in his own life, the faith, has also been referred to several times in the letter. 2 Timothy 1, 13 and 3, 8. I hope, I hope everyone is understanding the concept of I have. I have ran the race. I have kept the faith. I have fought the good fight. That's affirmation. I have. Not I did. Not that I'm doing. Not that I'm going to. I have. I have run that race. I have stayed the course. I had kept the faith. I have done this and done that. It's affirmation. So... Here it is. The good word. Right here. Okay? The good word's right here. And we are in 2 Timothy 4 7. What does 2 Timothy 4 7 say? 2 Timothy 4 7 says this. The these, okay. I'm not even in 4-7. Holy cow. There it is. Okay. I have fought the good, worthy, honorable, and notable fight. Okay. Notable fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the firm held the faith. Firm held the faith. I have right there it's written in the book can't even put it there it is right there I have make sure I put my finger on that bad boy so you can see it right there I have fought the good fight worthy and honorable worthy and honorable worthy and honorable and notable noble I have finished the race. I have kept the faith, firm, faith firmly. How important it is, and I'm going to ask you, Tom, how important it is to finish something you start? You should always start what you finish. It's very important because if you don't, you'll have a sense of unfulfillment and a sense of failure and a sense of disenfranchisement. Dissonance, sorry, it's dissonance because you're not only going to be upset with yourself, you're going to be upset with others because you weren't able to complete what you wanted to do. And most of the time, you're not, before you blame yourself, you're going to blame someone else. 
because that's just how a lot of people are today. They will take a lot of responsibility and they'll blame someone else. When you're the one responsible and you have to this actually boils into accountability the one the one of the three pillars of this ministry of this Pentecost ministry one of the three is accountability it, you're held accountable to finish the race you hold yourself accountable others hold you accountable to finish the race what is finishing the race? What would it, what would it look like to finish the race? It would be amazing. It will, it will give you a peace of mind. It would give you a sense of satisfaction and accomplishment that you did it yourself. And that you can handle anything that comes your way because... If you got through this first race and you got through this first obstacle, the next obstacle should be easier because you're able to handle it. So you should be able to handle anything that is thrown at you in life. Because my mom, excuse me, it's like my mom always says, God never gives you more than you can handle. And that is and that is the point. And that's a that's the point I'm trying to make keeping the faith believing God's going to do what God's going to do let's see let's see right let's see God's going to do what God's going to do and leaving it up to his hands not jumping the gun, not trying to control faith, not trying to do anything of that nature, but to allow, again, comes back to patience and accountability, taking responsibility, having patience to see any consequences that came from your actions, and also having the patience to forgive others and forgive yourself. Absolutely. Okay. What I'm, cause I, cause I know that people, beloved, the world, whoever may watch and listen to this as a podcast, as an on-demand video, whatever the case is, if you're in Second Timothy four seven, you're seeing the words. You may have a different translation. I come out of the Amplified Bible. I live an Amplified life. I believe in an Amplified God, and I am one hundred percent to the Amplified Spirit. So, I'm gonna go through a couple versions here and see if we're different. Maybe you wanna say it differently. Who knows? Okay. The the, the ASV, the American Standard Version Bible says, "I fought the good fight. I finished the course, and I kept the faith." Pretty simple. Pretty simple. The Darby translation, I have combated the good combat, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Okay, the good news translation says, I have done my best in the race, I have run the full distance, and I have kept the faith. Let's see, what else is there? 
Okay, the Meshesh Bible says, This is the only race worth running. I run, I've run hard right to the finish, believed all the way. That's actually a really good translation, to tell you the truth. I like that translation. The, the Meshesh Bible. Very good one. Very good. This is the only race worth running. I've run hard right to the finish, believed all the way. I like that, I like that one. Um, let's see. What else is there? I'm looking for different wordings. Let's see different kinds of different. Okay, here we go. The White Mouth New Testament says, I have gone through the glorious contest. I have run the race. I have guarded the faith. Guarded the faith. Interesting. The White Cliff version says, I have striven a good strife. I have ended the course. I have kept the faith. And so the same, in, in the faith that I kept, that came out of the, the Young's literal translation. It says pretty much the same thing. So, point being, is that there is nothing more important in your life than keeping the faith. Letting Him control what you're going to do. Letting Him have that control of what's going to happen. Right, Johnny? Right, Tom? Yeah, yeah no. Letting, and, and again, it all comes down to putting your faith in God. And in a way, it's a little scary for a lot of people that are, you know, trying to rediscover their faith or discover their faith because it's a big unknown. Everything in life is an unknown. Your future is unknown. That's why all the best you can do be a good person, take it day by day, and get to the end, stay the course, and get to your goal. Truth, truth, okay. So, what does 2 Timothy 7 say? What is what is the, the overall end of what this says? Paul introduces himself, then recaps recaps Timothy's path to become a minister. He reminds Timothy of how his family brought him up in the faith and then how Timothy served faithfully with Paul in the past. Paul then focuses on two primary ideas. First, that Timothy's background is faith and should give him the courage to stand fast against hard times. He has faith in the background and should give you that strength to get through the hard times. Second, that Timothy should use that courage to defend the truth of the gospel message. Paul will use these points and examples as foundation for the rest of his letter. Makes absolute sense. I have. These are the words you use when you get to the end. I have done all I could do. I have been all I can be. And I have kept the faith. It really, boy, it really comes down to that. Is there anything else you want to add to that, Tom? No, I mean, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. It all moves back around to just patience, perseverance, and persistence. 
if it's gonna work out, it's gonna work out. God is gonna guide you, but you have to let him guide your spirit, let him guide your faith, and he'll take you where you wanna go. It might not be the path you envisioned, or the path you wanted, but as Blue said earlier, it'll help you come out on top in the longer run. That's right. As me and Tom are trying to get the point across with this message of I have, the point out of all that is one, no one said this walk is easy. No one said it's going to be a cakewalk. If Christ dealt with it, we're going to deal with it. Difference is, is that we're not the sacrificial lamb. He was. We have to trust him through anything we go through. And if you're on the in the promise, he is going to give you assurances through it. He will let you will show you what he's doing. But the big picture happens after you see afterwards. I have kept the faith, ran the good race, finished my walk. Kept the faith, kept the faith, kept the faith I want to encourage every single person out there right now, everyone out there, to keep the faith. Tom, I want to thank you once again, man, for your perspective. I want to thank hey, you no for. You know, um, we had a great thing. I have kept it. I keep my word, keep my trust, keep my faith. Yep. And uh, it was a good, it was a good blue book, huh? Oh yeah, it's awesome. So, with that, you're I'm gonna. Really covering, you're, you're covering all the points. With that, we're going to close this thing down here in a second. But I wanted to make sure we, you know, rightfully sign off with you and. Um, yeah. Hey, it, I, I love all you guys. Um, everybody watching around the world again. You know, be safe. Uh, we'll be praying for you if you're going through anything and. Uh, you know, just enjoy the rest of your night or morning, wherever you are watching all around the world. We love you. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, have a good one, guys. Absolutely, Tom. I'm going to close this thing out. I just wanted to make sure we send you off. You have a, have a good night, and I will speak to you soon, buddy. Yes, sir. All right. All right. God bless you, brother. God bless you, too, brother. Guys, keep the faith. Run your race. Be strong in what you're doing. Remember, God is for you. Remember, Jesus died for you. For your sins. So you have a chance to get to heaven without all that barbaric offerings that were in the Old Testament of, of religion and sacrifice and, 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 and law. Okay? There's people who believe in the Old Testament being current time. There's just no way we can live in that type of time. That was before Jesus. We, it's impossible for a human being in today's world to live to those standards. That's why Jesus came to earth. Jesus came to earth to be able to give you that chance to get to heaven without all of that other stuff having to be required. Yes, we have ten commandments. Four in which love God, six which love, love your neighbor. Very simple. You keep them. You're on the right path. 
The love is what matters. Life of victory eternally. If you fall and stumble after you claim victory in the morning, just claim victory afterwards. There is no, there is no hindrance. Don't hold it as a burden. You're going to fall. You're going to stumble. What you got to do is not beat yourself up over it. You're, you get your forgiveness. You and God have your one-on-one. -on -one. You and Jesus have your one-on-one. -on -one. The Holy Spirit does his conviction and does the restoration. Okay? Some of us fight daily on the same exact thing. Does that mean you're not forgiven? Absolutely not. It has, that has zero to do with it. You know your salvation. You know your convictions. You know your relationship between you and God. That ain't for me or anyone else to judge. What we judge, what we see is your fruits of your labor. We see what you're doing. We see how you're doing it. We see how you conduct yourself. There's some people who don't want to talk to people. Why? Because it's better to say nothing than say something you're not going to want to say. Okay? There's nothing ungodly about that. What comes out of here is vicious. It's two-edged sword. Okay? Run the good race. Keep the faith. Do what you got to do. To stay in line with God's promise. Be in the promise. Be in the plan. Be in the protection. Be in the, in the story. Okay? You have prayer requests. You have questions. You have comments. Go to bluebook at gmail.com. Email us. Hit us up. You know, we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear your story. We would love to hear prayer requests. I would love to start off the Blue Book with prayer requests. That'd be beautiful. Pray for my mom. Pray for my dad. Pray for my grandparents. Pray for Kobe. Pray for all the number of things you can pray for. We will definitely pray for it and put it on the air. Not your business, but praying for certain things that are generally matter. You know, and if you don't want any of that known, that's fine too. Put it in. I don't want no one knowing this. I just want you guys to pray, pray silently, pray before the show, and we will. We will. If you want to put it on public, we can do that too. We can put it on there. We love and a godly love everyone, and we want everyone to have the opportunity for salvation. So, before I end this blue book tonight, today, this morning, if you have not received the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, say this prayer after me. Okay? Father God, thank you for giving me time with you. I believe your son Jesus came down from heaven and died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. I ask Jesus, your son, into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior. And for the Holy Spirit to come upon me and be a part of my life. I ask you to forgive me for my sins. Ones I do know and ones I don't know. I ask you to lead me, guide me, and direct me in your way and in your word. Thank you, God. Thank you. 
Jesus for forgiving me of my sins. In the name of Jesus, by way of the Holy Spirit, amen. If you said that prayer, hit us up on email, bluebook at gmail.com. Let us know. Give me a little story behind it. Discipleship is the second part of this. We'll send you some verses, Bible verses, for you to read, to kind of touch and get that, get that mustard planted so it can grow. Here at the Blue Book and Pentecost Ministries, we believe in three core concepts. Three core concepts. Love with no expectation of love back. Peace. Even when everyone else around you is tribulating. And accountability. Because accountability is contagious. Thank you for tuning in to the Blue Book. Presented to you by Pentecost Ministries and broadcasts on Yuma Broadcasting. Yuma LB Broadcasting. Stay well. Stay safe. And until next time. Fear. Respect God. Follow Jesus. And may the Holy Spirit flow through you like a Russian river. Until next time. Until next time. And until next time. Jesus. Burn it up.